sports cards is a wild hobby. Strap in and welcome to the podcast, setting its sights on every corner of collecting. Cousin Oz, the people's mailman. Cousin Tony, the architect. And Shane Norton, a.k.a. the sports card nobody, have joined forces to form one of the baddest trios in the hobby. I'm Deep Voice Guy, and let me be the first to welcome you to The Faction. Very much, Deep Voice Guy. Holy crap, the faction is back. Fresh off the national. I'm exhausted still. I'm sitting here with Cousin Tony, Cousin Oz, back from Rosemont, back from Chicago. Tony, are you recovered yet? I am, but I want to go back. Like, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Go back and get some more of that steak I heard Oz was eating up the whole time. Oh, yo, that yeah. steak was banging, bro. Like Tony said, you know, he, he anti-A1. We didn't need any A1 in Chicago. Sometimes when I, you know. Down here in Redding, Pennsylvania, I use a little bit of the A1, not going to front. But, yeah, over there, man, steak was banging. The cards was off the hook. You know, we'll get into it about the trade nights and everything. I mean, to me, that was mm, chef's kiss. Couldn't ask for more. So I, I heard you guys in your in your uh, recap episode talking about all the different places you ate. What was the best thing you ate when you were out there? Mm, that's a good one. It, it, it has to be the steak. That, that we ate at uh, where though apparently you had uh, it everywhere you went yeah no yeah that was <laughs> i know anyways uh oh crap what was the name of the the gibson 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 that was the place yeah. right across the street right yeah yep. yeah i'll tell you what a a close second for me was i don't know where rob got that deep dish pizza the night of uh our trade night where he brought the 40 pounds of pizza it's like <laughs> dude got a hundred dollars worth of pizza coming it's about 40 pounds we're gonna get it in He's like a Hulk Hogan. I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. And it was banging. He had the uh, margarita, but he had the meat lovers, which was uh, pretty amazing. Had two slices and I was done. Food coma. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, at that time of night, that probably could have been Domino's. It would have been hitting. But the fact <laughs> that, it, that it was decent pizza, it, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about eating dinner at, you know, 11, 1130 at night. So it was, uh, at that point, the, the box was going to be good enough but. <laughs> yeah just start eating the cardboard yeah. i'll tell you what man I, I talked about this in my episode but um i mean you, we all hear it a million times right how the chicago deep dish pizza you gotta have it, you gotta have it. it's just like the cheese steaks in philly or mm-hmm. you know uh, a burrito out in la whatever it is it didn't disappoint man I, I got to have my first legitimate deep dish chicago pizza i went with the meat lovers and that thing was banging it was it was phenomenal. Giordano's is the place I went. I guess that's, okay. you know, one of the more popular places. You know, there was like that's 20 it. of them everywhere. See, like we went, yeah. but it did not disappoint. That was, well, uh, it's hard to even finish one of those slices. Yeah. That's awesome. Before we get into the thing, I wanted to ask you, though, you went on a little rendezvous, a date with, with the wifey. How, how was that spot, man? We were like 80 floors up or something like that. Yeah. So that was called the Signature Room on 95th, I think it was. It was 63 floors up phenomenal views i mean we were we didn't get a window seat unfortunately but we were we were still the next like table over so to our left was just nothing but the lake which looks like an ocean i've never even really seen it with my own eyes except maybe flying over it but here sitting at you know sitting at the table looking out over just it just went on forever and then and you know i guess in front of me behind my brother and my nephew was views of the city and it just it was unbelievable i highly recommend it it's not cheap. And one thing that did frustrate frustrate me, though, they made it very clear when you make the reservation that they had a dress code. 
Guys got to wear a collared shirt. You can't have ripped or torn jeans and no athletic shoes. Meanwhile, women can't wear anything too revealing. So whatever all that really means, great. So my brother, the ever brilliant mind that he is, forgot shoes for both him and my nephew. So my wife, while we were doing national stuff, had to run out and buy uh, dress shoes for the two of them to, to wear what was going to be appropriate. So we're sitting down, we're having our dinner, everything's going great. And little by little, I'm noticing people come in like, those are Jordans. Those are flip-flops. That girl's jeans are ripped to all hell. What is happening here? Like this, nobody cares. Like I don't care. Except we, my wife was running all around Rosemont trying to get shoes for everybody. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess they don't really stick to that too much. And we were the suckers that bought into it. Yeah, that, that's the worst. When you go out of your way to try to stick to the rules, and then you know you look around, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know that's actually a perfect segue. We might as well get right into the first topic because. Listen, we both did our, our, our recaps. So everybody who's heard our, our shows at all already is well aware that the three of us, you two with your Wolfpack uh, Hobby Hangout was a phenomenal trade night you put together. I was a part of a group that put together the main event, a wrestling event, a wrestling trade night. Uh, both of us had our events on Friday nights. We got to each go check each other's things out. And I, it's easy to say right now, it was probably the highlight of all of our nationals. It was phenomenal. I can't believe everything went as smooth as it did for us. And I'm so proud of how awesome your guys' night went. But let's talk a little bit about it. I mean, let's just, I, I don't know, man. What, what was everything like? Oz, you guys got through it. You guys went to like, I think yours is still going. Is that right? <laughs> it feels that way, man. That that was unbelievable. Um you know, it all goes back to the last national. Cousin Tony and I were just going ahead and we're thinking, man, you know, we, we, we were on stage at this national. What, what are we going to do to top that? And then I see, you know, gleam in Tony's eyes. He's like, yeah, man, I want to I want to do something big. I'm like, like what? He's like, I don't know, maybe maybe like host a trade night. I was like, nah, you know, card collector two got that on lock. What, what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know, but I, we got to do something. But, I, you know, something like that. I'm thinking about, you know, maybe doing a trade night. So I was like, all right. So, you know. We were trying to figure out exactly how we were going to do it. Didn't know how. And then it just everything kind of fell into place uh, once we got with the Wolf Pack. And you were involved in the beginning and trying to get everything coordinated with the hotels was a big to do. And finally, that that went through. And then, of course, all the behind the scenes, making sure, you know, all the details. Tony was taking care of that. We're shooting DMs between us and Rob and Big Ken. Um, so it was pretty cool. And then you still, you know, you get to the National. You're there but you still have no idea how it's going to go down, you know? So you're there Thursday, you're trying to look at cards, you're trying to get a lay of the land, but behind there, you know, behind your, your, all your thoughts, you're thinking, damn, tomorrow, six to nine, how's it going to go down? So you're a little nervous. So we get there, Tony, on Friday night, we're like, all right, so we leave the national early, we get over to the spot and then we're like, we're looking like, damn, this is going to be a little bit difficult for people to find. So that was my first thing in my, that was on you know, the back of my mind was like, this is, you know, downstairs around the corner, make two lefts, make a right, you know, do a spin and then go into the room. So I was like, man, this, this is going to be a little bit difficult, but everything worked out as far as that aspect. Uh, but the way it just went down smooth, the people started arriving early, Shane, you came and like, and within minutes, bang, it's packed. It's, you know, shoulder to shoulder. People are, ha are having fun. There's the cash bar outside. People having drinks. Moms are showing up. You know, kids are showing up. Dads are showing up buying pizzas for, you know, their kid that's having a birthday party, <laughs> which turned into cupcakes. Um, but, man, it was a smashing success. And then it's like, all right, 
we're good. Now it's like me and Tony are like, all right, let, let's let's go sneak over to, to Shane's and see what that's about. We got to check out the main event. You know what I mean? We're good. We got to go see what's going on with Shane. And then we walked into that. I was like, mm, my God, what we got going on here? You know, you had the people at the front door. They're giving away tickets for raffles. You walk in, you see all the big boys in wrestling. I'm like, okay. See Mr. Drake, you know, GC ended up showing up, the great curator. And all the big boys are wrestling collecting, especially my man, big Shane Stud right here. Uh <laughs> you know the cards were flowing and man it was it was a beautiful thing man so that was my my as far as my experience i i had a smashing time so i really couldn't ask for more like i said earlier tony what do you think yeah i mean you you pretty much nailed it all the the, the main thing that stuck out to me was the vibe of, of both trade nights um you know we kind of had like a party atmosphere going then you go over to shane's and yeah they're having a great time but you could see the community was tight though yeah like you see the way the dudes like they were talking stuff like that like yeah like they're a lot of guys were showcasing their stuff yeah yep you know i, me- I remember shane saying yo look drake's pc's here that guy's a walking museum he probably wasn't transacting i, I, I don't think he made it yeah i don't think right. he made a single thing he just laid all his stuff out and we're all just staring at it going yeah I mean, That's does he have insane. to? I mean, he pretty much has yeah. every goddamn thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, that I know that the 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 uh, Thursday official trade night gets all the hype and stuff. And that is a big trade night. And, and rightfully so. I mean, Ryan's built that from nothing into the monster. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so, I mean, you know, hats off to him for that. But uh, that that's not the vibe that was at our things. And I felt like I felt that both were a smashing success. I was thrilled to be a part of it i was like dude i was like we got to get over to shane's because we could have easily got caught up and stayed with you know because it was a lot of people coming in and out but i was like nah man we got to go show our guys some love and you know hell we might have even had a chance at winning a raffle but yeah yeah um, it's close one yeah, number off for sure uh, shane i do have a question for you but i'll get to that in a minute but just you know your thoughts on the whole thing both i mean you guys just nailed it the vibe for both both events was just off off the charts man um it was really dope of you guys to be able to come over and say hello i am so thrilled i got to be in, in your guys at the, right at the beginning too I, I mentioned this on my pod but i got in there with my wife and my nephew my brother was he was bailing on that because he was you know you can't keep up but um we got there right at the beginning and i thought even like a couple minutes late so i was a little worried but i got in it's like okay it's a little busy but good there's a couple seats we get down and get my, my, my big dumb case down and kind of, you know, get comfortable. I look up and go, holy crap, it's already filled up. I look down, I'm talking to my nephew, I look like, there's more people in here. It's like, okay, let me figure out how to go go buy a, a drink from the cash bar, grab some cash real quick. I go do that, I come back in. It's like, I can't even, it's standing room only all of a sudden. Like, this is insane how packed it got. And yeah, the, the DJ was, was rocking. It really just had a, a phenomenal hangout vibe. I, the way calling it the hobby hangout was just genius because that's exactly what it was it was a bunch of awesome people saying hi yes absolutely transacting making trades i mean there was a lot of hustling going on in there including my 11 year old nephew <laughs> and i i mentioned this on my on my on my other episode as well but the best part about it for me well i mean yeah i got to see you guys i got to see rob i got to meet erica love what you collect i get to meet so many people but as it was time to get going to head over to the main event, my nephew looking up to me runs up to me and goes, Shane, I just made the best trade ever. Legitimately just like spilling with enthusiasm and excitement. Yeah. What the hell else do you want out of a trade night 
other than getting a little kid excited and, and like cementing the future of what that might turn out to be. I mean, who knows? That kid might be hosting his own trade night at 2024, <laughs> which is just so rad to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, thank you guys for putting that together. Thank you guys for doing that just for that moment alone, seeing my nephew just light up like a Christmas tree. And then, yeah, at, at our show, I mean, it really not only Drake, um, it was awesome with the curator. He double dipped. He was at your guy's place yeah. <laughs> um, for the first couple hours. Then he popped over to our place. Uh, another another gentleman who's who's more anonymous, but he showed up with the, I mean, every prism one of one from 2022, which was insane, including the Bret Hart piece I finally got to see. Nice. Um, I mean, it was it was wild seeing the, the, the monster pieces at that show. I don't know if we're going to be able to get um everybody every year but it was such a big success we're doing this already we're planning for 2024 already we're ready to go for cleveland um we've we've heard back from al Durso, the president of the national committee he was happy with the way everything turned out he says we're pre-approved for 2024 even though there is some committee changes going on it looks like we're all all um ready to go obviously we've got a long time to plan it and figure it out but cleveland seems like it's going to happen which is totally awesome that's sweet. sweet. Now, there was a little bit of miscommunication leading up to that. I mean, you, the DMs were on fire. <laughs> My man Shane was, uh, I, I thought I thought it was uh, the NFC oh, Championship man. all over again. <laughs> but uh, just talk, oh, talk about that, you know, pull the curtain yeah. back a little bit, because I know people like to people like to hear that stuff. Man. Yeah, so, so it's not always all, you know, glitz and glamour. It is not. Uh, so, yes. All right. Let's talk about it. I, I haven't really publicly talked about this stuff too much and i'm even going to censor my thoughts a little bit here um but mostly because with the with the show coming up before the national there was a lot of news breaking which i'll get into in a second but with our show coming up i was going to do nothing to to risk that at all even though a lot of this confusion or backtracking or lies i don't know what it was but essentially um I mean, let's just backtrack to, I don't know, six, seven months ago. The three of us with the Wolf Pack, you know, with everybody else included, started to try to figure out the hobby hangout, right? Backtrack even before that. Last August, I had already started doing homework for what was eventually going to be the main event, what was going to be some sort of a wrestling event. So I had already been doing all this work since for a year, basically, at this point, but since last August. And when we started talking about the hobby hangout, I was like, well, I've already reached out to a bunch of hotels and whatever. We got word. We got word ourselves. This is not hearsay. So whatever the <clears throat> whatever the F card porn is talking about with one of their posts, which I'm going to talk about, is just not true. Because this isn't hearsay. This isn't hobby influencers trying to trying to make things up or go off rumors. We were told we were not allowed to host a trade night at a hotel that was affiliated with the national. We were told that directly. Rob, at one point, was getting these rejections, was feeling discouraged. We were all talking as the group, and eventually we were able to push through. Eventually, uh, through some of the work they had done for the wrestling event previously, I was able to make things happen with the Crown Plaza through a phenomenal woman who was probably never going to hear this, but Conchetta was amazing. Uh, she helped get the room, whatever. We were able to, to progress with that. Now, after, after the hobby hangout was kind of situated, I start working back on the wrestling thing and I get linked up with this group and sure enough, they run into the same exact problem. And I, and I tell them like, yes, we, we were told the same thing. We're not allowed to do a trade night. So with the other guys, with the Wolfpack, what we did was we found a hotel that was not affiliated. If you'd like, I can do the same thing. 
started going down that avenue. Long story short, too late. Uh, we were told that we can do our event, but with certain rules. One of those rules was it cannot be a trade night. Okay, that's why it was called the main event. That's why we promoted this thing as a wrestling event. And we were told that it had to be invite only. Okay, so we set up an email address. We told everybody, Chicago main event 2023, if you want to come, just email that. Basically, if you wanted to go, you were getting in the room, it was fine. But this was our way to, okay, we're going to do the invite only. So you got to, we're going to get you on the list. We had other rules as well. We can't have the bar. We, um, I forget some of the various other things that we had. None of those were really that big of a deal. But now I think it was a week before the national sports cards nonsense comes out with an episode talking about how the national was shutting down trade nights. I heard this episode. I sent it to you guys. I sent it to Rob. I sent it to, I was like, this is incredible. I am thrilled that somebody's talking about this because we all know firsthand that this is accurate that we were told we can't have trade nights and the only reason our event is being approved is because we had to follow all these rules. Whatever. Right after their episode dropped, I reached out to Jesse on the show, Jesse Gibson, because I had sold him a card in the past. I wanted to reach out and just say, hey, I really appreciate this episode. I am so happy that someone of your size is talking about this because it is frustrating. We're trying to do our event. We had all these rules, whatever. The next day he gets back to me, he was able to basically confirm a bunch of the people that I was working with. You know, I mean, to be honest, there's no reason for him to just believe somebody, a nobody who's reaching out to him, you know, frustrated about the National Committee stuff. But he comes back to me, he was able to, he kind of confirmed and he had a conversation with Al Durso. Al told him, I guess, unprompted, he brought up our group as an example of saying, no, look, we're allowing trade nights. And I guess Jesse, after hearing that, said, well, what about like the invite only? He said, no, I that we never said it had to be invite only. We haven't said that to anybody. So now listen, I'm not saying somebody's lying. That's how I feel. But there's either backtracking, miscommunication somewhere, or outright lies. Whatever it might be, I don't know. But it was really hard for me. I was so frustrated because I knew all of the work and all the hoops we had to jump through, all of us, to try to get our events to happen now you guys ended up doing your own thing you said we're going to do things our way which was awesome and it turned out just phenomenal we followed the way we that we were asked to do it and it still turned out great so in the end it is what it is and we're pre-approved unless maybe this episode gets the wrong years i have no idea but um you know in the end it all worked out but i was very frustrated leading up to that because not to monopolize this entire thing but right after that episode came out to the sports cards nonsense episode card porn releases a thing a little instagram or twitter meme whatever, whatever the hell it was saying there's rumors that the national was shutting down uh trade nights we talked to the head honchos and it's not true do not believe whatever influencers have to tell you and of course there's comments people saying yeah all the clickbait and you know basically taking crap on influencers or whatever and i reached out to card porn i dm i said this isn't accurate i was told directly that we couldn't do this unless we followed certain rules. This is a lie. Somebody's lying or backtracking or really miscommunicating. Now, card porn never, they did respond back. They said, um, you know, like, oh yeah, I think they might be backtracking. It's okay, great. Well, go fix your post where you're, where you're lying, where you're not telling the truth. Why are he you was, leaving that up? He was too busy backtracking to fix the post. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm backtracking. I can't fix my post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
just get, let's uh let's ignore what's going on around yeah i guess and then they ended up like the next day having uh, another post where they were promoting all the trade nights which was great you guys got promoted on there which yeah. is phenomenal because they were a big platform it's great to see them helping get the word out um now i guess sports cars nonsense was able to meet whoever the cardboard person is and they i don't know maybe because they had some conversations to figure that out. I mean, again, I'm small for I don't really know anything about the size of both their platforms. But I, I was really frustrated leading up to the event. In the end, it all worked out. So my frustrations were for naught. But I, it does make me wonder about 2024 and, and like what the best you know moves going forward are going to be for us and how we want to attack this. And this is stuff we're going to have a year to figure out. And I know no matter what, it will be great. But yeah, I was frustrated. Sports Cars Nonsense was right. We were being told we were shut down. We were given rules we had to follow. We did it. Everything worked out. And I'm not some influencer. I mean, I what? I mean, 200 people are going to listen to this. This is what happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you finally got to get that all out because uh, the, the DMs <laughs> were on fire. But I mean, in the end, like you said, man, everybody had a great time, and you guys' yes. event went off without a hitch. I mean, it did. Yeah, looks even the uh, dude that custom belt you guys had was awesome. Oh, yeah, let me just give a quick shout out to my sister in law, Stephanie, uh, at sugarfox underscore art. She, I mean, she's got like I mean, 35,000 followers or something, she's blown up in her own right. The fact that she made that for me, I'm 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 gonna keep this story as short as possible, and mostly because some of this actually I can't talk about yet, but. She made that championship belt for us. She made a WWE Undisputed Championship out of garbage. That's what she does. She's a trash mm -hmm. sculpture. She uses action figures, whatever garbage, plastic, you know, bottle caps, whatever, and makes awesome things out of it. Uh, she was asked to make something, make a championship belt for a celebrity. Again, I can't really get into it too much, right. but she. it was so funny because when I asked her to make it, I said, listen, I know you're going to hate this because it's not what you do. But if you have the time and you're willing to do it for me, that would be great. And she did. And then sure enough, like a week later, she got asked about the same exact thing. And she was like, listen, I'm doing that for my brother-in-law, but that's kind of it. Like, that's not what I do. So huge <laughs> thank you to Stephanie for doing that. The person who won it was perfect because A, he was somebody who appreciated custom art. He's like, I already got a spot picked out for it. And B, he was local. I had to fly that thing from Connecticut to Rosemont <laughs> in my suitcase bubble wrapped it. it was like i don't if so whoever wins this i don't know how they're going to get it home thankfully it was someone local who just put it in his car and drove it home it was great that's awesome that is great dude so again you know just happy that everything worked out well for everyone involved and uh you know let's uh hope that uh 2024 is a little less uh little less hoops to jump through and, and a lot more fun for you yeah so. well speaking of 2024 Ah, you had you had some 2024 questions, topics you wanted to cover, man. What do you got? All right, so I wanted to quick just check on our, you know, we all have our main PCs. So obviously you, Shane, you have Bret Hart. Obviously everybody knows that. For my man Tony over here, it's Roberto Clemente. For me, it's Iverson and a million other things, but we won't get into that. Um, but if we were to start <laughs> from scratch right now, you know, who would you want to have like as a side PC? different from anyone you've already previously already collected so something brand new so tony i'm gonna go with you first who would you start as a pc side pc got it you threw me for a loop here you little rascal um <laughs> uh, well, number two first so it's all good. <laughs> uh, anyways all good um i'm actually going to i wanted to start building some of those 90s insert sets 
And the first one I do want to go after is the Scoring Kings. Nice. I was looking at I was looking at some of those leading up to the national. I uh, didn't pull the trigger on any of them because I want to finish what I'm doing right now. But yeah, that Scoring Kings is going to be number one. And then I think from there, and then I'll try to build, obviously within reason. Um, but yeah, I, I was, because I, that's that's the stuff I want to get into. Now, where you dive into those fractors, refractor, super fractor, triple fractor, that gets a little wacky. So I figured, let me just start off slow. Look, there's a checklist of insert sets. I'd be able to build those, uh, you know, the ones that are base or whatever you call it. And I think then maybe I can evolve from there. But yeah, that that's gonna be for sure the scoring kings one because I think it's dope. I, I almost bought that. I'm glad I didn't. I would have been so underwater. Oh lordy lordy. Uh I, I had a man, it was I wanted that Jordan scoring king so bad when I got back. They were so expensive. And I never got into it to as far as bidding wars or anything like that. But I'm I'm glad I didn't, because I mean patience is definitely gonna pay off. So long story short, it's going to be some 90s insert sets to start and then kind of see where we go from there. Nice. Shane? So. All right. So this is a tough one because when you throw in the caveat, if it can't be something that we've ever collected before, something we haven't, that's, man, I've dabbled in so much stuff. Like I, But the first thing that comes to mind is I, I, I always regret that I don't have more 49ers stuff like Jerry Rice, but I've had Jerry Rice's rookie Carter. Joe Montana stuff, I haven't had any of that yet, so I kind of want to go there. But I guess to be, I don't know, a little more off the wall and still being genuine, I got to be honest. When, I, when um, I think I saw it first when I went to your trade night when the curator was set up. But then he came over to ours as well, and I saw it as well. But he had a pretty rad thing that I don't know if I like where this PC would go, but I really dug his Taylor Swift signed... I don't know. It was like a five by ten, maybe or whatever. With I think her from uh, the Fearless cover. It would be kind of cool. I'm a big listen. I'm a big Swifty. I, I make no qualms about it. I got every every one of these vinyls that comes out. I, I buy them. I'm a huge Swifty. Uh, I don't know. She's she's got like a rookie card, which would be really radical to try to get. I guess it was something that she um, like had hand signed. It was like giving away to people randomly in streets to try to promote her first album. I think curator either has or had one of them too. That would be pretty awesome to get somehow to get my hands on it. That'd be pretty cool. So I, I don't know, I guess that that's something I've never collected before. That might be fun to get into. Okay. So Swifty. I like that before Oz answers fun fact, Taylor Swift is from Reading, Pennsylvania. So oh, wow. originally from eh, West Reading, you know, <laughs> but still Reading, still Reading. So yeah, a little on the ritzy side, but it's all good. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't cross the bridge over that me and I yeah. around like, yo, it's not like we see uh, Taylor coming back home anytime soon, you know? No, no. Thanks, Taylor. But um, <laughs> big time in Reading. I get you. So, you know me, I'm a basketball guy. Love basketball. Um, so it's going to have to be somebody with there. And, um, you know, I already kind of talked about it with doing uh, Sixers greats. But I really – it's going to be tough because this guy, he's very expensive. But I, I do want to dabble. And it's going to, you know, take some time. It's going to take some discipline. But Wilt Chamberlain, mm. I really want to start getting into some stuff. That's some deep waters. Uh, Tony, you already got the rookie. That's obviously going to probably be, you know, start my starting point number one. 
but eventually, you know, I, you always see those, the, you know, his uh, signature cards that go for like 15,000, 20,000, you know, pipe dreams. But, you know, I'm just putting it out into the ether, into the universe. You never know what could happen. I, I might just, uh, you know, sell my whole Iverson collection and get strictly into to Chamberlain. Who knows? But, um, yeah, that that's going to be my next. Uh, once it's all said and done with the Iversons and the Freddy Kruegers, it's Will Chamberlain. <laughs> hey, did you guys see... Um... I never found anything that, that it was verified, but this was maybe a couple months ago that footage finally got found or whatever of his 100-point game. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. It was, pretty, it was on Twitter. So Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think I saw, but I, I, I wasn't sure that was fake or not. I was like, I, is this real? I, never, I could never verify <laughs> yeah. it, but I saw it, and I was like, I mean, it looks like it's from then. It could, it's pretty wild, you know, watching him do the free yeah. throws and everything. But uh, it was... I don't know. I don't know if that was real or not. It feels like it should have been bigger news. Somebody, somebody out there. Too bad we don't have a chat. Somebody can like, yeah, like James Lumen, right? He's a big basketball guy. He yeah, could have called right. me out and told me if that was true yeah. or not. But, hmm. uh, but that was pretty rad. But I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. None of us, none of us chose the 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 hentai cards that your boy <laughs> Manny collects on your live. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, no, I don't. That talk about a steep learning curve um, <laughs> which is the good anime porn i don't know yeah i don't, yeah, I, I don't know and for those who made those rookie cards exactly for those who may or may not know we're talking about check out the latest cousins collectibles the one that dropped right before this uh we had we had uh manny from two thick podcasts uh anytime he's around we bug out man he's, was, he's a fun guy mr demon slayer himself <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh hey oz go back to back here and then we can um, all right way um but uh go ahead brother all right so my second question so now that the national has wrapped up fellas and it's time to move forward in the hobby i want you guys to go ahead and put your fortune teller hat on and tell the audience who you see you know yourself being by next year's national both as a collector and a content creator so right before next year's national where do you see your saint i'm gonna go with you shane where do you see yourself man uh, I, I love this question um so I guess, you know, you know me, I'm long winded, but coming out of this year's national, I came out of it feeling, I don't know, like a changed man or something. I, I don't even know how to put my inspired. Put my, yeah, maybe inspired is the word, but um, I came out of the show. I, I, I've I'm super in love with my PC, the way it is, the, the way that I've been collecting, the, how um, how focused I've been. It's been great, but I started to get the itch a little bit to want to figure out what like Rob does and Carmine and kind of getting more in the thick of the hobby. And, and I, I don't know, I don't mean to separate these things. We'll have this debate all the time, but you know, true collectors and, and yeah. not true collectors, whatever. So I don't mean it that way, but like trying to get more into like the nitty gritty of the hobby. So I got to set up, at, you know, with Rob, actually sports car therapist at Foxwoods. He, you know, he invited me to come, I don't know, six or seven months ago to set up at a booth. That was awesome. It was my first experience ever doing that. I've dabbled in the past with like trying to figure out breaking. I bought like a case of Topps Chrome two years ago. And over the course of a year, I was like, breaking and selling boxes and ended up like breaking even which is pretty cool a couple free boxes to show for it um and i enjoyed all that i really truly did so i i don't know like as i was walking around the national watching my nephew really hustle and constantly trading and trying to trade up these things just started to put like a little bit of like a 
I don't know, it's getting like incepted, right? And the idea really started to gnaw away at me. When I got back, I've already been trying to figure out, you know, is that even feasible for me? Is that something I can do? Is that something I really want to do? And I actually reached out to someone. I'm, I'm curious about possibly buying a case of wrestling to try to do a break with. It might be fun. I don't know. It also might be a way to finally make some money to help pay for the podcast and pay for these things. You know, I don't, I have no interest in being, you know, backyard breaks or anything crazy or mama breaks. You know, I think the biggest breaker of them all these days, but it might be fun to dabble and see if I can really dip my toes in there. And maybe possibly by this time next year, or I guess a a month ago this year, whatever the next national, I don't know. I have stuff that I'm, I'm there to just kind of try to, sell and trade and, and help move up as opposed to just like I went you guys saw how big my dumb case was just because I wanted to show off all my wrestling cards it was mostly Bret Hart I didn't want anybody to take that stuff from me you know mm-hmm. um I ended up selling like a few things mostly to get money cash for my nephew right you know that's but it might be fun to try to I don't know see the uh the other side of this hobby more than I have before and we'll see what happens nice yeah. appreciate that Tony yeah um that's yeah, I mean, dude, you sparked like 30, 30 things in my head while you're talking. Uh, by next year, I see that I'm done with this Clemente run finally. I think I only have like five more left. I really put a big dent on that. But I wanted to swing back to what you were saying. Is like I admittedly struggle with buying stuff to trade and sell. I tried that on earlier before I really knew what I was doing. I would, pro- I think I would be a little more successful now. But like so Oz and I spent a lot of time with Carmine. And watching him do his thing, man, I'm like, damn, like, I had the same thought, too. I was like, maybe this is the way I got to go. I mean, because he was turning stuff that it's not trash. Trust me. I mean, but it was stuff that he bought that wasn't it forever stuff into, yeah. you know, he got the bird triple uh, bird uh, magic and doc triple auto. like, and, and it was all stuff he traded into it. He only put a little oh, bit of cash. Yeah. Like- Ten thousand dollars worth of cards for like nine hundred dollars cash in the rest and trade. Yeah. So like when you when you wrap your head around that, it's like damn. And, and he's not you know he's not doing anything out of this world that I you know we can't do. We just but he puts in the time and he's hustling. It was great to see him do that. So watching him firsthand do that, I'm like damn maybe. But then again, that that little thing is like stuck in my. I don't want to get stuck with stuff. So it's like almost like you really gotta hone in and buy the right stuff that people want to you know purchase but uh so that that too was in the back of my head trust me i left the national thinking but um damn you know because i i just save up and then i buy i don't you know i don't know it's it's kind of like i think when you do that it's just getting that hobby fixed it's just the, yeah. the the transaction that that people like i think uh jeremy from the too thick podcast said one time he's like he referenced the way oz and i collect and he's like that would be boring to me if i just save and just buy and just put it away and then i don't see it again like i I need the the action so it's all good but uh but anyway circling back is uh definitely finished that clemente run and as far as content goes trying to like so last from last national to this national we i think we kind of doubled our streams and and our, our reach so i'm looking to double it again if in a year we can double it our numbers aren't spectacular they're great but they're steadily climbing something. I'm hoping that from this national to the next one, um, Oz finally lands that multi-million dollar sponsor and uh, he can quit <laughs> delivering mail and, uh, you know, put that smiling face on, on YouTube every night. There you go. But, so uh, that, that's Pit a big hope. Pit me out, baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh yeah so just just hopefully growing the audience and our reach or whatever you want to call it uh twofold you know not, nothing too crazy not 10x just just two that's all i like so, it like it what about I you like, Shane, i as like far how as just well i like how just just 2xing would land that multi-million dollar deal the fact that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as far as content creation for me, man, I haven't really thought about that too, too much. I, 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 hmm, I don't know if I have anything exciting for, it. I think, I mean, I'm just going to keep staying the course and, and plugging away. I would like to get more guests on my show. I think I struggle getting guests. You know, you guys have been amazing with helping me, you know, link me up with a couple of different people at different times. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really not sure. I'm not, I think I don't really see too much changing for me as a content creator. I already, I, I, you know, I been trying to get this wrestling podcast going with my buddy and that's, you know, we did our first episode and then we haven't been able to get another one going with, with the live and trying to schedule everything. So I already feel like I can barely keep up with what I do, but I think if I could improve anything, it would be just getting more guests, having more conversations with people and people stop hearing me just vomit about my hobby experience all the time. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I like your show. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. you. Definitely keep it entertaining. And, but it's always cool to, to hear other people's <clears throat> sorry stories and their journeys. Um, you know, big Ken is, is one, I know he kind of like, was talking about stuff and then he said you know what let me tell it more so as me as a dealer mm. and then once he went to like just strictly okay this is i'm going to shows every week and here's what happened and i set up and i did this and i did that his show kind of just like took off i guess there's a ton of people out there that that love that type of content want to know exactly what it is to set up and make the deals and what people are thinking at these shows so you know you want to try to find your niche uh when it comes to this content creation because obviously you know we don't get me wrong we love to do it but we want to see the fruits of our labor as well we'd like to grow and you know eventually maybe even make some money off of it would be nice but then we could <laughs> take that money and not have to use our own you know to to keep buying cards and and it would be a cool thing so you know what exactly tony talked about trying to double our audience uh just keeping persistent consistent consistent with everything um just stay in the course man and you know we got a lot of what did I say? Irons in the fire with Hobby Hotline and, you know, the Wolf Pack and then, of course, the Faction and then our stuff. So we're, we're definitely out there. I think people know who we are. Um, so I just think it's a matter of uh, the masses finding out. I don't know how that, that translates, but, uh, you know, little by little, little by little, like Tony said, you can just definitely see the jump. The jump usually happens like a little bit before the National and then right after. And then it kind of cools off and then it like ramps back up. So, you know, we just got to try to stay consistent with those numbers. Um, now, as far as collections concerned, uh, I kind of talked about it already with the Will Chamberlain, but just looking to expand on the Allen Iversons that I have um, kind of do similar to what I did this national where ones that I've outgrown look to sell them, either get them on eBay, put them on consignment, maybe with Joku or, or somebody like Probstein or just do it myself. Just that's one thing like for myself just getting on ebay you know i'm 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 a great buyer I'm, a, I'm an awesome buyer you know i'm probably the best buyer out there but when it comes to selling you know what i mean i have no idea no clue i couldn't tell you how to set up a, a goddamn thing and then it's even worse like i'm a mailman but for me to wrap something up and send it away it's like oh no you know so i just deliver it um yes yeah, so i gotta kind of get out of that you know it's one of those things it's just all in your mind so once you do it the first time you're, oh this ain't that bad so yeah. once i can get past that hurdle and and you know figuring it out 
trying to get rid of some of the the lower end things that way i can move up to some of these big boys um that would be pretty cool so by the time next national hits you know i don't only have the uh dunkin donuts you know bangers i have some other cornerstones that uh that i was looking to uh Tony, you remember the uh, central credentials we were looking at? So a ton of them, Allen Iverson, that's a big card, the 97-98 essential credentials. And it came right around the time when the uh, national started. It was on uh, a freaking auction. I was like, damn. So I'm thinking in my mind, do I want to take the money I have now and just wait and just put it all towards that auction? But the buy it nows were looking anywhere from $8,000 to $12,000. So the like right around when the the auction started when we were at the national it was about 2400 right off the bat so i'm like thinking in my head man this is going to go crazy you know once the fireworks hit at the end of the week but it, it sold for 4000 which wow. i mean is still expensive but it wasn't anywhere near the 10 and it was a psa 9 so it was a, a higher graded one i was like damn so i kind of kicked myself in the ass thinking i could have well, i would have been patient but you know you're at the national you're seeing cards you're yeah. tony's offering up a dunkin donuts that's gem mint 10 you got to make that deal so, but those are the, you know, the things that do, it'd be easier to go ahead and pull the trigger on those types of things. If you got, you know, the ability to sell cards and, or, you know, trade like, you know, Carmine and uh, big Papa Ken and, and the other fellas like Rob do. So, you know, that, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let me ask you though, as a collector, Oz, your interactions at live shows, I know that I see that there's a little trepidation in the people's mail, man. Yeah. And, and I know that comes from, from you, you know, being a shy ass punk. I'm a shy guy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, what, what, yeah, what do you, what do you think? Um, I mean, obviously that's just interaction with people. I mean, I see yeah. you interact with people. You can, it's not like you like hide under the, a rock, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like, how do you think you're going to be able to get a little, cause you know what you're talking about as far mm-hmm. as the cards go, but what is yeah. it that, that just kind of, that little uh, hurdle. It's just always in the back of my mind. It has nothing to do with cars. It's just the uh, the lack of confidence. You know, this just the ability to be to say, you know, I'm worthy of being here. Whether it's being a collector, whether it's being, you know, talking on the mic or, or whatever it is. So, like you said, once you you're passionate about a subject, especially something like with cards. Um, you know, I'm learning every day, but the cards that I have, I pretty much know what I'm what I'm talking about. Then it goes to, you know, then I got a rack in my brain. Does, do people really like Allen Iverson? Do they do they, do they want to trade with me? You know, I, I, are my cards good enough? You know, I, I really love that card that I have, but they're they're gonna want three of my crappy cards for that one awesome card. You know, and then you see Carmine throwing, you know, five Larry Birds and coming back with a freaking, you know, 101 on card auto, uh, you know, logo man, whatever the hell. And you're like, well, damn, how the hell do you do all that? You know, so it's just. You kind of got to see it, you know, and then once you see it, you got to go ahead and execute it. And once you do it a couple times, you know, I, I kind of did it here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being more consistent with it, I think, is the case. Like if we set up all the time, because I did well when we when we yeah. set up at the shows. So I think if we were doing that more on a regular basis, I get that confidence. But just like, you know, doing it every six months it's or once a year at the national that's not going to get the me having you know mr confidence walking in the room stopping at every table look what i got sir <laughs> i mean the the confidence too what's tough what can be tough is um when someone starts like negotiating with you right if you don't have the confidence to like like really stand by your price and, yeah. and understand that you did the homework and you really do have a fair price or maybe you don't I, you know i don't know but i i was seeing that a lot with um 
with my nephew, actually. You know, now he's just 11. He's just getting into this. But, um, you know, he bought, you guys saw it at one point, he bought um, uh, a Jalen Hurts uh, patch auto. That was a gorgeous patch. It had four, you know, four colors in the patch. He got that. He traded into it and, and sold some cash, you know, whatever. <clears throat> he was, uh, that was like the most popular card other kids were asking about, especially when he was in the kid area uh, and, and other adults as well. This is the most popular card people were asking about. <coughs> Excuse me. But every single one of them was trying to get the price less than he paid for it. And I was watching him start, like, almost immediately, you know, like, oh, okay. You know, and, like, almost, like, getting talked down and, like, selling this yeah. at, a, at a pretty big loss without really, you know, um, having a chance to even shop it around. And thankfully, the first couple of deals, he, he I, I was there kind of looking over his shoulder, and I was able to, you know, somewhat convince him, like, I don't think that's the best deal. You know, I'm, I, I was like, listen, I'm not telling you what to do with anything you want. Here's my advice. And, and he backed out of the first couple of deals where that was happening. And I really had a chance to then pull him aside and say, listen, don't start with a lower price than you paid, at least at this point. Look how many people are asking about this card, right? So you, you got to get that confidence about like this card, the price you have is fair. And if people want to don't agree with it, that's fine. You you don't need to sell right now. But that's a tricky thing, right? You know, trying to get, feel confident because I, I know that I struggle with confidence and insecurity all the time. To me, everybody in that building knows more than me about everything, right? Yeah. I walk in, it's like nobody cares that I'm here at all. Um, so that, that is tough, man. That is something you really do have to try to build up through repetition. And it sounds like we could all benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with the way that the negotiations are in the hobby. Like when you start talking cards, immediately the guy's telling you how crappy or how not special your card is. So that right away, you're like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. This is a PSA by knocking off 30% of what you think it is worth. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> sir, this is a PSA. 10 jordan in my hand and he's like yeah i know but you know and then it just knock you down you know peg after peg after peg so you yeah. really got it that's why i mean as i said oz knows what he's talking about it's just about building that that confidence mm -hmm. level and telling yeah. him to take a hike but anyway so um like I said, but, it's just yeah. easy to go ahead and get on ebay and just press the buy it now button <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. So obviously, we we both or all three of us just experienced our second national, right? And I think now we've all we've all hosted a, a trade night. We've all been on the main stage, which is wild to think. You guys got there in your first year. I got there in my second year. Uh, so I, we're not veterans yet. You know, people go to this thing every year for like two decades, but we've got some experience now. Two years in doing the national, I think we're all on board with getting out there next year to Cleveland if things work out. But moving forward, Adam, Tony, what do you think, man? What have you learned so far? And if you could make any changes for the national to make it better, in your opinion, no matter how unrealistic what you think it might be or whatever, yeah. what changes would you make to the to the big show? Yeah, two of them and one of them is it existed. I didn't, I didn't realize it till I got home. I was digging through my little VIP bag. And the first thing that I we had talked about, uh, on one of the shows, I don't, we're up to like show 38 in, in the last seven days. But uh, it, it was an interactive app telling me where things were, um, things going on, where dealers are. And, and um, I'd love to drop the guy's names, but they're not paying our bills. So, um, <laughs> but there was two, two companies out there that I found out after the fact that, that do have that. So, um, wow. They're know, affiliated yeah. with the national. They are not. I mean, no, they're not. No, they're just companies that, you know, like they'd be like Beckett. Like if they had an app, you know, they had their own. But uh, these these guys have have their own app. And um, so, yeah, I was like, well, crap. 
I was like, well, that there's one uh, problem solved. So I'll make sure to uh, make sure to download it next time. Uh, but the one, the major one that I'm just going to keep banging that drum is is segmenting the dealers. I, I need to have all the wrestling guys over here. I need to have all the soccer guys over there in a hobby that kind of lends towards organization, OCD ish, having everything in order. The show floor is a complete cluster F, especially this year with the way it was so big. And it was, it just wasn't it, man. Um, I would just love to see that. And I know I've heard the argument like, well, then I wouldn't go to the other areas, but I know that if I'm looking for, uh, soccer, and I'm there on Thursday and Friday. I'm gonna hit my soccer tables first, and then I'll go see what else is going. Because I mean, there's only so many tables. Like you know, it's not like there's like 300 soccer tables or whatever it is. Like there's you there know, might so. be. It's just they're all spread. You have no that idea. That is true. That is true. That is. I take that back. But I would love to have the show segmented, uh, be it in colors, like somehow you know the yellow side, whatever it is, man. I I just think that it would be great for everyone involved. Because I'm sure that there's guys that were buried in other sections. I'm sure if there was there was a, a I don't know a pop culture guy for some reason or another was stuck in the middle of the vintage thing, people are just gonna walk right on by. Where if it's again if it's segmented, man, I I really think that it's. I know as a, as a show attendee, I, it would be off the hook for me. Yeah. So there you go. Totally agree with that. Um, you know that would have been one of my things. Just trying to. Make sure it's as organized as possible. Uh, one thing also is just the look of it um, coming into the 21st century. Like you kind of walked into the Breakers Pavilion area and it just seemed like it was popping. There was yellow everywhere. The the lights. I don't know, Tony, am I wrong? Wasn't the lights brighter on the ceiling? Yeah, yeah. That with the yellow, too. It, it was, you know, bounces off. Yeah, the, uh, it was just it yeah. just looked like real lively. And then I said, I always say, like, you, you went to the left and it's like, that's where I guess we're all the vintage people that have been there forever in a day. And it just kind of got real gloomy. You know, it was dark. Um, it's all vintage, like walking back in time. And it's like the old school way of doing the collecting. Nothing wrong with it. But that's just the way it's always been. And, you know, you walk back through the Breakers Pavilion, nice and bright. And then you have like corporate area. But, you know, it would have been cool to like the corporate areas were all spread out. Everything was just it was just like he said, a big mumbo jumbo mess. Um, but to me, just having uh, the venue all together, not, a, you know, well, I'm not even going to mention the AC, but, um, you know, air conditioning was crazy. Uh, but, you know, things like that. But making sure the lighting and everything is, is on point. And it's tough to do in a, in a big venue like that. But you would think if they're constantly having shows that, you know, things like that would be taken care of. Um, but, you know, Tony kind of like grabbed everything that I was thinking of, too, was just making sure you to have the best experience. Another thing was like just how the booths were labeled and numbered. You know, you had the aisle number on top, but none of the booths had it. You know, they don't have their numbers on there. So it's kind of tough that you actually have to physically, hey, what what's the, the number to this table here? Yeah, you got to yeah. have that. That's yeah. a good one. Yep. That, that's a that's a great one, actually, because last year I'm 99 percent sure they had that. And this yeah. year I was very surprised. I did. I I did exactly what you said. I was like, I'm sorry. What, what booth are you? And then he told me, okay, and which way are the numbers going up or down? Okay, yeah. great. Then I'll go that way to find the booth. I was like, thank you. Now I'm going to go find the person I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a great one, actually. It didn't even cross my mind, and I had that issue while I was there. So good call. Um, yeah, the segmentation of the, of the selling, it was one of mine for sure. I, um, 
you know, I, I guess I, I don't know. I guess I get the argument about, you know, selling stuff, but I don't know. You could lay things out in clever ways to get people, you know, to really encourage them to, to see most tables and you would, you would have some crossover, right? You know, there's people who sell baseball, yeah. football, whatever. And so you just, you pick what you are before you go, the one that you sell the most of, like it, it mm -hmm. doesn't need to be like down to a T. So you're still going to get some of that crossover. Right. You're going to get, you know, people going to the, the modern football section or whatever, if, however they would segment it and still see other stuff. Like it's still going to happen. Very few people sell just one thing. Right. Um, but man, it would make things so much better because even for me, obviously, again, you, you, everyone knows I'm a big wrestling card collector. It was awesome that the RBI Crew 7 table was right next to, to uh, Curator of Merlin because that was all great. This was a phenomenal little wrestling section, and I was bumping into a lot of people looking at wrestling cards. I started talking to people about cards they had. I started inviting people over to the main event because we were in the proper section. You know, I anywhere yeah. else on that floor, it's, you know, probably a... You'd have to flip a coin six times to find, you know, come up with the right heads to find the right another wrestling collector out there. But to know that you could find people in the right sections, uh, it just makes all the sense in the world. And and I, again, I guess if there's arguments about dealers and and all those sorts of things, but I, I, you can't always cater the show for the dealers. You got to cater the show for the buyers. <laughs> yeah. You got to make it better for us to want to go in there to drop our money. If I can't find wrestling cards because I have to walk however many square feet that was and you know getting through what they said over a hundred thousand people walk through the doors trying yeah. to fight through all them to get to every one of these booths with zero clue where to go except right. for people you that bump into shared. you bump into one of your buddies and they're like oh dude i seen some wrestling um yeah i, I couldn't tell you i think you know <laughs> you're like forget it <laughs> yeah i saw it on wednesday on the other room maybe i don't know all the days blend together yeah a hundred percent man that's that's so perfect Yep. Um, so yeah, dude, that's that segmentation, figuring out a better way for us to be able to, to take in the floor makes all the sense in the world. Um, but the, the big one for me too, that, that, that one was definitely more important, but the big one that I want to add to that is they got to do, they got to get the food better. Like it, you can't be like, I don't know, unless there's something I missed and that's very possible with how busy I was and how big the place was. But the fact that there's not like a legitimate food lobby or like, you know, food court section, mm -hmm that has actual good options and I don't know I I don't know if it's even possible with these types of things with this size that they were but there's just got to be better options we I, the second day that we were there on the Friday I didn't want to eat the crappy pizza and hot dogs that they had so we thought, okay let's go walk someplace and get lunch we tried to walk across the street to Gibson's it was packed we couldn't get in then we had to walk somewhere else so I get that it's there's that many people it's going to happen but i wish that there was a better way to get food and drinks while you're walk, walking around the floor and i get that it's going to be overpriced no matter what it'd be awesome if it was affordable but just better options that just doesn't make you feel sick and doesn't make you feel yeah. like well the only reason i ate that is because i was miserable and desperate and now i feel like <laughs> crap so great so those are my two things yeah i mean tony and i kind of got lucky with that we were what 10 minutes away from yeah uh, the, the actual hotel itself, the convention center. So the area we were at right directly across the street, you know, there was, a, what was it? The, Target and the Walmart, you know, so it's a big shopping center with anything and everything that you wanted just right directly across the street. So we would just, okay, wake up, go there first. 
you know, don't, don't even bother going to the convention center yet. Yeah. Get our grub on and then go hit that. And then nine times out of ten, we had something planned later on. Um, so it kind of worked out that way. But, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense, you know. But yeah, it's it's uh, tough. It's tough. You know, when you have yeah. that many people, you know, you're – the vendors are like, what, what do you want us to do? make gourmet meals? You know, we've got hot yes. dogs, we got chicken yep. nuggets and pizza. You know, you got to make I want you easy. to deliver it to me at booth 3426 <laughs> and you'll know right where it is because that's the modern wrestling section. Nice. I, I did see one guy who uh, they actually had like barbecue. It was like, they said ribs and tacos. I don't know how good they were, but I mean, for, you know, but there was, but again, I, I don't know how good it was. Yeah. Before we get to this last one, Shane, I want to ask you, what's up with your rock? Nothing. So, um, so at the show, I, I shopped it around a little bit and, um, I had some interest, but it's a higher, I, I don't know. Long story short, the, after talking to other people who, who have the card, I, I think the card is newer, like pushing 20 K, you know, to be as transparent what? as I can about it. I, one of the other guys says he was offered that much and he didn't sell it, you know? So if, if all the other sellers have that card, they're not, so I don't know. I think I'm the only person who's somewhat motivated to move it. I've had it on eBay at that price. I did send out an offer less, like really just just to ask anybody if they're serious buyers because I'd be open to moving it. Um, and I've been pretty vocal to get to try to sway the guy who has the one of one prism black and the curator who's got the superfractor Brett, or I don't know, maybe to start funding whatever this new stupid idea I have about maybe breaking cases or something i don't know so i'm open to moving it but it's you know you guys i have the green screen behind me but it's behind me you know right next to my rock action figure and it's awesome i love that card so it's gonna sit until i get a price that i'm happy to sell it for uh and we'll see <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough yeah that's you that's a monster i, I mean maybe <laughs> nobody's offered me that price so i it might not be you know i don't know but i definitely you asked for 20 to get never, 18. <laughs> maybe, right. I don't know. I, I'm open to offers. Anybody who's listening to this, if you're interested in 2014 Topps Chrome Rock I mean, Gold PSA It's 10. no Oscar the Grouch 101, but you, know. ah, you ended up getting I heard you talking about the Oscar. You ended up getting it, huh? Yeah, well, not the autograph. Like, I think uh, I didn't okay. know that the guy that actually, uh, you know, did the voice of Oscar the Grouch, he passed away back in 2019 so the one that we saw at the national was signed by him so the guy was asking 500 dollars for it i didn't even like we just looked at the price i didn't even try to work it down because then i quick saw the freddy krueger uh (laughs) one i was like oh i like that one better tony's like no you got to get oscar the grouch i'm like "Eh, let me go with freddy so then as soon as we got back then he pointed out like this was the only one on ebay that was psa graded so it's a pop nine um you know none higher so i'm I'm happy with that but it would have been cool to get have the guy that actually did Oscar the Grouch sign. So I don't know how many he signed like sure. that, but yeah, other opportunities, other opportunities. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Though. <laughs> but all right, Are we gonna rip it and slab it or what? Sure, <laughs> let's get it. So let me ask you guys. Um, one of my goals for the national was to get a bunch of corporate swag. That didn't really happen. I ended <laughs> yeah, up with happened? one. I ended up with one T-shirt. <laughs> and you know why? Halfway through the show, I'm like. Oh, forget this crap, man. I'm like, I don't need a mug. I don't need a sticker. I don't need a, a coaster. Like, I, I gave up. So let me ask, guys, cor- yeah, corporate giveaways, <laughs> you know, well, that, that was a gift from John. Yeah, 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 yeah. But corporate giveaways, uh, Shane, I'll start with you. Rip it or slab it? All right. Uh, so I guess it's a little matter of perspective, too, where you're coming from, about whether you'd rip it or slab it. But I, you know what? I would slab it. I get it. You're trying to get your your name out there. 
you're trying to find ways that you know if i want if i want to ever be a somebody more people need to know who i am so i get the marketing plan of it i but it's got to be something useful it does get old when people are just handing you you know flyers or business cards and and just junk right and that's that was one of my issues last year i didn't do it this year i didn't do the vip stuff this year but i did that last year and you got so much just junk right it's like cool thanks for this bag that i'm putting right into the trash put something in there i actually am gonna want and it could be something as simple as a pen you know how often do you need a pen and you're digging through and you end up keeping one that's got some corporate name on it you know so you gotta you gotta at least be somewhat creative with it you know give me popcorn that's inside the popcorn's in a holder that's got your name on. i don't know get clever with it and i'll slab it all right fair enough Oz. i slab it bro come on you know if it's free it's for me <laughs> you know i'll take anything bro I'm like Mikey. He, he was scanning every qr code he was scratching everything and he, he was dude hey, if, I, I, had be, he had I had the v friends experience you yeah. know what i mean did the whole nine that was fun <laughs> um yeah so like well, yeah why not you know when in rome there was yeah. a couple of things in there. The thing I do like about the uh, VIP bag is like every year they include, I forget the company, but they have a coin that comes in yeah. a special bag. Um, so, you know, I got the last year's coin and then this year's coin. And they actually had a booth set up somewhere where you can go and they had uh, different like parallels um, that you can get and start a coin collection, which I thought was, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting, pretty cool. Um, but other than that, you know, I think I got to do a better job of, maybe these apps that you're talking about tony have say you know say something at least about giveaways and things like that because there's some booths that really give some good things away not just t-shirts or you know what yeah, i mean yeah. stickers they they're like giving away cards or your opportunity to you know just to, to try to win something special so i know the tops booth i was at they they hand out tickets just similar to what you guys were doing at, at the main event and then they okay. go ahead and the guys like they're hyping it up and, and you know handing out packs and, and things like that so it was pretty cool so just knowing exactly uh, like geez think about the guy that Manny told us uh, on Wednesday they were giving out the spots for the break for the 86 right. Fleer that Alan Irison was ripping from Michael Rubin so they gave those away for free you just had to get in line um, for the Fanatics uh, booth and then um, the guy that ended up pulling the Jordan got $150,000 from Michael Rubin. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Can't beat that. No, Sheesh. no. Could Just you imagine? Jeez, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So like I said, I, uh, I gave up, I got one t-shirt by accident. We were walking out of the show the one night. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'll take that. So, Kentucky road show. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to them. I walked Next. away with a, uh, with a Wolfpack t-shirt. Did nice. you get one? Cause I was like, uh, Okay, good. Because I mean, by the time you showed up, the T-shirts were going. I'm like, geez. No, nah, they were there. But you guys got to get not large. Well, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. It's just you, me, and Oz. I think are the only three people in the hobby under six yeah. foot. Yeah, that's so, I think 100 right. You know, and Big Ken. Yeah, and Big Ken. I I, I yeah. put out here, here. I'll pull the curtain back for you. So I, I have these T-shirts, right? We lug them across the street from the national. We had to cross six lane highway to get across the street. <laughs> So I'm setting these things up, and there's like three mediums, 48 larges, 60 extra larges, 100 freaking 52x. I'm like, dude, what, what what about us, man? I'm like, I thought this was an inclusive event, but <laughs> dude, honestly, I had a similar experience. I had to go pick up our main event T-shirts. We had two mediums. Everything else was large, so forth and so on. So I got one of the mediums. 
the other got given away and all I had to even give my 11 year old nephew was a large like ah sorry buddy <laughs> here's a, I guess you'd yeah. sleep in here's it grow dress. into it yeah, 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 here's the, yeah exactly yeah you have to grow in oh it. man so all right next one and this is something I, I uh I, I don't think I ever win with this paying over comps rip it or slab it uh I, I'll go with you first Rip it. I'm not paying over comps or slab it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, if I want it bad enough, I'm going to pay over comps. I mean, that's a tough, that's dual edged sword. Because if I do want it bad enough, which I kind of did pay over, eh, well, it was a good deal. I was right at comps with the card that I got, the gold Allen Iverson mm -hmm. uh, Ultra Stars. But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, say rip it. Um, if the comps are what the comps are, you know, so I, I'm cool with paying comps and I'm even better paying under comps. Uh, but good luck with that when you're not a dealer or you're, uh, you know, an influencer. You know, we're, we're still not there yet. We just don't walk around and people come, you know, laying cards at our feet yeah. at great at great prices. Um, so, yeah, definitely ripping it. I would uh, love to stay at, stay at comps. I think that's a fair thing if, if uh, the dealer and I agree, okay, you know, last three sold at, you know, 2500 uh, you know, I can do a deal for that. All right, cool. That's fair. But when it's twenty five hundred and the dealer's asking for twenty eight and not budging, just because you're at the national, nah, rip it. Okay, Shane. Yeah, it's tricky, right? I mean, it depends. the The context of the card matters, you know. I mean, yeah. Is it, uh, you know, how many of them exist? You know, what's the pop count? I collect, you know, with the, with the Bret Hart stuff, but I'm at the point that I don't collect anything unless it's numbered to like 10 or less, or is at least a parallel I really want or a super short print. So sometimes it's really hard to comp stuff legitimately anyway. Yeah. Um, and listen, if nobody pays above comps, the, the price never moves up. You know, somebody's going to pay above comps at some point. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, so or not, and then the price is going to come down. Like that's how the market works. Yeah. But for the most part, if we're talking a, a pretty available card, if we're which is what the national is just like full of, right? It's all young quarterbacks that stuff is getting traded left and right. Anyway, you got to use the comp system. I I like kind of what you were just talking about, where you take the last three, five, however many comps, and you kind of average it out. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you know, if the average is constantly a little bit higher, you're going to move up anyway. I think that's the nat you know a natural way for it to happen. So if we're talking standard stuff, I mean, I guess I would rip it as well, but it's not a hard rip. You know, I get it. Markets yeah. are, are yeah. living, breathing things that move up and down. And if I really want something that's, you know, and again, if there's only 10 Bret Hart golds or whatever, and, and I've only seen two of them pop and now a third one finally did. And it feels like I'm my chances of getting this are running out. I am just going to go get the damn card if I have the, the money. So I'll rip it, but eh, you know, I like that caveat. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think I find myself damn near always paying over comps. <laughs> whatever, setting the market. Always buying yeah. over and selling under, baby. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's me. That's why I don't sell. I just yeah. they just sit there and just marinate in the in the case, oh, and then you look at Rob. Man, you should have seen the deal I got, bro. <laughs> Yeah. This comp was twenty five hundred. I got it for five hundred. Unbelievable! <laughs> Love this card. Best one ever. <laughs> oh man, it's good stuff. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, listen. I like the thing is like, uh, like Rob and I mean, he 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 knows. You know, he'll he'll do his thing though. I mean, he'll like you said, he'll 
say, hey, this is what it is. And just because, you know, he'll always find that one outlier. And it's like, no, I'm not going to pay that. Like like you had with the with your uh, was it the gold? But there was mm-hmm. the one card that was an outlier. Right. Compared yeah, to all the, first, the other. The ones. last comp was twenty five hundred. And then the four previous were fifteen hundred. Right. Oh, yeah. So right. I was like, so that tells you, yeah. right? That tells you that's a fifteen hundred dollar card that somebody got in a bidding war over yeah. or something, or or was shilled or whatever. So or didn't do his homework. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Uh, so last one, we're now in in preseason football season, I guess you can call it. Do you guys, <laughs> Shane? I'll go to you first. And Oz, you can't answer and say you're you're busy at work. Like let's just say that you come home at five o'clock and you're able to. All right, okay, let's I'll just, lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let's just put that. Preseason football, Ripper Slab. You watch that stuff, man. I we I think our last episode we talked a little bit about All Star games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I might, I might rip this almost as aggressively as I do an All Star game. <laughs> I care probably a little bit less about an All Star game than I do a preseason game, but it's mm-hmm. it's damn close. <laughs> At least these games can mean something. We're starting to figure out, you know, you know, how many. Uh, yards is, is this guy going to do whatever and right. how many you know records is Brock Purdy going to break this year you start to really get a sense for that in the first couple preseason games that he's going to play so that's what I'm all about a little bit start to try to figure out too it matter I'm a big fantasy football nerd so uh, I got the big old draft coming up at the end of this month so these help okay who gets hurt who doesn't so I got to pay attention I don't have to pay attention to an all-star game at all it, life won't change one bit but the preseason games can have an effect on the rest of my sports viewing pleasure but i i'm not watching i'm just reading about it later and and getting all the analysis then it's i I rip it It, it, no thank you gotcha Uh, yeah i would say if you asked me this question probably what five years ago six years ago when there would be at least two games that actually mattered they would play a first half and then you know the last game they'd play at least three quarters and sometimes even the whole whole game and you get to see your actual starters and how they're going out especially have a if you have a young new quarterback or a guy that's coming off injury just to see how it goes or that new running back if you're into fantasy or the wide receiver seeing the you know how it's working with the qb that way you can get a little sense of how it's going to be in the regular season so now that that's all out the window bro nobody plays you know what i mean and if they play it's vanilla offense vanilla defense you you have no idea it it just it's it's nothing it's just something out there for the owners to make a little bit of money um you know before and then nobody wants to get hurt so they're not going full bore um and then god forbid one of your guys gets hurt you know that's then then they're really like back off you know what i mean if it's like the first quarter we're gonna play you know, two quarters and we're going to see what everybody has. And then on the first place, somebody gets hurt. Then it's like, all right, pull everybody out. Let's go. <laughs> and of course, right. If one of your guys gets hurt for a freaking preseason game, you're going to, yeah, my remote's going right through the television. Yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. I don't need to watch so that. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Five years ago, definitely would have slabbed it. Right now, it's a total rip. It's a waste of time. I say just go ahead and get the damn season started. Maybe play like one game and then just go ahead and go. Yeah, whatever it takes for them to not feel like they're going to pull their hammies. I don't. Yeah. Go run sprints. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's a big rip for me. I, I I hate it. I um, and especially now, like by you know, I I I'll watch the first preseason. I I'll start the game. I know I will because I because it's like oh, it's exciting, it's shiny and new. Here yeah. come the birds for the you know new season. Blah blah blah. I'll turn it on, but then ten minutes, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but like clockwork, my father who is neck and neck with Oz as far as the two biggest homers I know. Without fail, he will call me the next day and tell me about 
some I mean, this guy's the greatest thing. You know, he, he, did you see the kid that came in in the fourth quarter with the last five minutes left? I'm like, who the guy that, that was pouring water for everybody during the, the beginning <laughs> of the game? He's like, yeah, this guy, he's, he's great, man. I'm telling you, he's, uh, dude, he, it, I've had so many of those guys over the years. And it's and every year, man, he, I'm like, pop, this guy, he's not even going to make the team. Like, <laughs> he gets cut. Nah, listen, I'm telling you, this 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 is the guy. I'm like, this. I'm, this nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him. We got him. Like, this is gonna be great. Yeah. And, and then he's a big fan of the uh, the backup quarterback. He loves the backup quarterback. <laughs> like when when Carson Wentz yeah. was starting, he was all about Jalen Hurts. When Jalen Hurts was uh, now starting, he's <laughs> gonna be all about Mariota now. Like like he's just always about the next guy. I'm like, well, what about this guy? He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, geez. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's 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 a big rip. Uh, it's just it's boring. Um, and I just want to get to the real stuff. I'm with you, Shane. I mean, yeah. we play fantasy as well, and um, we have a good time with that. But yeah, it's just it's just a waste of time. I think. Well, now it's down to two games, or is it that happened yet? Or well, I guess at some point it's happening. I forget. But two, three, who freaking knows? Yeah, it's two too many, three too many. So whatever. But so there you go. A, a unanimous rip on preseason yeah. football. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. You didn't have to wait months for another episode of The Faction. We got this out pretty quick after the National. That, you know, Oz gave us a little bit of a, well, now he's on his phone. First, he pulled us off the other day. <laughs> so we got this episode in in a good amount of time. I'm thrilled. Always love chatting with you, boy. Tony, Oz, Cousins Collectibles. Check out their podcast. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. Sports Card Nobody. This is The Faction.